So first of all, I feel a need to apologize for not being around. Actually, you know, I'm not sorry. The past couple of weeks have been insanely busy. So I have been running on like zero emotional fuel. I've been so tired. (laughs) But um, thanks for tuning in again. Thanks for still being here. Um, And welcome if this is your first time here. Today we're going to talk about uh, some, I don't know, it's kind of abstract, but some ideas about counterfeit and um, especially when it comes to what is good and what is not. So yeah, this is another episode where I haven't written anything down and scripted it. So we're going to see how this goes. Welcome to episode three of A Penny for My Thoughts. I am well aware that the uh, testing, testing one, two was kind of cheesy, so I don't miss it. I don't think that's ever going to come back. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, still learning how to, uh, podcast. I don't, I'm not a professional. I'm literally a college kid. I also genuinely wonder what I'm going to do when I don't have this as an excuse for being poor. I guess I could just not be poor. I don't know that, I don't think it's that easy, but... I can't continue to use the excuse as not doing well at things because I'm a college kid. Come April, I'm not ready for it. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Uh, We're going to actually talk about what I wanted to talk about today, which is counterfeit. And I said at the very beginning of this podcast that it was going to be specifically counterfeit of good things, but like even an even more detail than that, I guess, or even more specifically, um, I wanted to talk about the counterfeit to being humble. This is something that I encountered um, for the first time, really encountered it as a missionary for my church. Um, I talked about my church a lot and that's something that'll still continue to happen, but I served a mission for my church. I talked about that in my first episode where I, I think it was my first episode. I don't know. Anyway, where I, um, went out, I lived in Florida and Georgia for a year and a half and I talked about Jesus with people and genuinely tried to help people, like whether that looked like serving them with, I mean, we did a lot of yard work and a lot of cleaning and stuff, or um, some people were looking for a church family, and so we were able to help them find that um, with us, and so good. The people that I met were incredible, both those that I was serving with and those that I served, Um, but something about a mission is that you're paired up with another missionary and you like 
do everything together. You live in the same apartment. You you literally are always together. There's never an instant. It's, it's one of the rules that you're never alone on your mission for lots of reasons. But this particular time when I encountered humility and its counterfeit um, was when I was companions with a sister who had been out she was about halfway through her mission and this was my I was going into my fifth month as a missionary so I was still pretty fresh and um she had had more experience than me and anyway I was really scared because she's like beautiful she's like this really tall like model looking person and I was like okay well she's gonna hate me but we actually turned out to be really really good friends and she helped me so much I don't know if I've told her about this since that happened but there was a time so once every transfer which a transfer is six weeks before they kind of shuffle things around and you either stay where you're at or you you move and we get on a big conference call and figure out what's going on anyway um once a transfer we are able to meet with the person who presides over the mission, who's the mission president, and um, my mission president was incredible. An amazing, amazing man. So much like Jesus, and I feel really lucky, really, uh, uh, words, I feel really lucky um, to have been able to serve with my mission president. He is exactly what I needed. Anyway, uh, once a transfer, we got to meet with him and he'd have a one-on-one meeting just to check in with each missionary. We served in a district of between like six and 12 missionaries, um, combined companionships of, so sisters are always together. Um, so sisters and then elders are the boys that serve as well. Um, and they are also in companionships. So we'd meet with the elders as well once a week that lived in the areas close by us and were missionaries in different areas. So, um, yeah, now after that explanation, we met with our mission president and I, I don't know, there's something about this, this man, my mission president that would just like make my insides melt and all of the things that I'd been trying to be like strong about would just fade away and I just cry I'm sure he saw that a lot but I'm like this is embarrassing like I promise president I'm not a mess all the time but he was so sweet and so good but he just kind of this meeting was one where he was really reassuring and really helpful there were other times where he was able to uh kind of snap me out of my pity parties (laughs) but uh this one in particular he was really helpful and I remember after our meeting, my companion and I went home to eat lunch or something like that after the meeting was over. And we were sitting in the car and my companion turns to me and says like, hey, can we talk about something? And I'm like, yeah. And she said that in when she was talking to our mission president, she also realized that there was a lot that she was carrying that was really hard for her that she recognized and she was just exhausted. She was so tired. And a big part of that was that I 
wasn't willing to let her help me. I didn't want to seem weak and the person that had been my companion the transfer before left and I was really sad because we were really really good friends and I was like okay well I have to be strong I have to know everything about this area and know what I'm doing and prove to my companion that there's nothing to worry about because even though I'm a new missionary like I have it together I know what I'm doing and so when it came to decision making I never involved her in that process really and I would get really stressed out but I wasn't willing to ask her to help for help and so there wasn't really anything that she could do to help me because I wasn't willing to receive it and she point blank and it was really interesting how this happened and and I'll talk about why that is but she looked at me point blank and she said sister Roberts you're like you're kind of prideful and like it's stressing me out and things need to change And I don't necessarily know, I don't even know if she really used the word prideful. I think she did. I think she did. But I, I'm really sensitive and like really emotion based in the way that I function. And so typically, like historically, I should have freaked out. I should have cried and felt so bad about myself and been defensive and been like well that's not what I was trying to do like I'm so sorry that I've been hurting your feelings but like that's not what I was trying you're misinterpreting you think I'm the worst blah 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 just all those wonderful defense mechanism things that brains like to throw out there um that are make that make relationships not super pleasant but I it had to be Jesus there's no other way I really was able to see what she was talking about and I was like oh my gosh you're so right and I'm I'm not saying that to be like look at me I am this really great person you know like that is so out of character for me to be told something that is so strongly against like what I want to be and be okay <laughs> and be willing to listen to the other person. So that was a whole miracle in and of itself. But as I worked on it, uh, during our study time, we had a couple hours every day to read the scriptures by ourselves and then together as a companionship as well. Um, And in the coming days, in the days following, that meeting and that interaction I had with my companion, I really took the time to study because I didn't really, I'm like, okay, well, like, I'm prideful. Yeah, I get that. But what does that even really mean? And I am a study nerd. I love definitions of words. I am not total, totally that church person that's like, to start out, the definition of this, like those of you in my in my church know that this is a thing. The definition of this word means this, and that means this. And then like talk about the talk. And like I know that's kind of like a cliche for either like church talks or 
presentations. I am totally that person because I get really pumped about it. So um, this was very in character of me to look up the, the definition to pride in our church has a Bible dictionary that kind of explores the topics that deal with um, scriptures, the like topics that we encounter in the scriptures. And um, I should have probably looked this up before, but I'm going to look it up right now if my phone will let me in. Um, the definition to pride took me about five years to find because my phone wouldn't load. And I also, while I stepped away for a second, I was looking through my journal that I had at this time in my mission and trying to look for the specific study. I remember so distinctly in my head studying this and I couldn't find it. I don't think I wrote it down. Like I wrote about it in my journal, but didn't write specifics. Super lame. Anyway. Um, but pride, this definition talks about pride setting people in opposition to each other and to God. And that someone who is prideful sets themselves above those around them and follows their own will instead of God's. And I was like, oh boy, how many times have I felt attacked by other people and also by God because they don't want to do what I want? <laughs> too many times, way too many times. And this led to a really profound unraveling of all of these things that pride are and aren't and also what humility are and aren't. Um, at least in this church culture, um, there is, I talked about perfection last time and about just the pressure that we put on ourselves to look a certain way or do certain things. And in the church, there are so many things that bring us closer to God that we can focus on. But because of human, like, human imperfection, there has been a lot of quantifying and checkboxing, which to a certain extent, collecting, being able to collect that data and kind of track can be helpful. But when taken to extremes, it becomes the letter of the law, like the Pharisees in the New Testament were so focused on the letter of the law that they had no room for the spirit of the law. And on the other side, when there's no structure, when it's just like, do whatever feels best, you know, instead of actual guidelines, that becomes like the Sadducees who were just like, do whatever feels best and didn't have any room for the law. And then there was Jesus who was perfectly in the middle. And I think with the way the restoration has been continuing in the church, preparing for Jesus to come back, like, there has been a lot of coming back to the spirit of the law and coming back to the middle ground where Jesus stands. And, 
like being restored to the church that he had when he was on the earth, which is so refreshing and such a relief to see. But culture is so hard to overcome in a lot of ways. It's it's not in what Jesus taught. It's the people who are trying to live it. And of course, we're going to have imperfections and things like that. But this culture can be really toxic in the definitions that we think are associated with pride and humility. Um, I, for a really long time, thought that it was prideful to be proud of myself for accomplishments that I had made or to feel good about myself as a person or to really be willing to share my talents and not apologize or back away from those and um I thought I thought that was prideful to fully step into who I am as a person and I thought that my constant self-criticism and my comparison to those around me and my discomfort with the potential I had, I thought that that was keeping myself in check and keeping myself where God wanted me to be. Um, But as I studied uh, about pride in this circumstance, I had this huge breakthrough that me telling myself that I'm a piece of trash is direct opposition to every interaction I've had with God. And Also, what I've been taught in a lot of situations about God, he loves me, I'm his daughter, and I have infinite worth, but for some reason, I'm not supposed to really feel that way about myself. That's his job to feel that way about me, and that's so not what he asks. Um, In the New Testament, where command, well, the the first and great commandment is to love God. The second one is like unto it, to love your neighbor as thyself and that commandment already has an inherent kind of like qualification that you love yourself it's just assumed that you you treat your neighbors well because you treat yourself well and you care about yourself but that's something that gets so overlooked we're taught to love our neighbors and that's it and again I think a lot has been changing and it's it's growing and we're recognizing a lot of these things and which is beautiful but again the culture is so hard to uproot um and in reality telling yourself that you're worthless putting yourself in opposition with god is the literal definition of pride and we're not told that our weaknesses disqualify us for uh, blessings, but we're told that in our weaknesses, we become strong and it's not, it's not prideful to see your strengths. It is prideful to see your strengths and use them in a way that doesn't make people better. Like if your strengths are only for you, then that's prideful because God asks us to serve and, and to be open and loving to those around us. But it, Loving yourself is, like, the most Christ-like thing you could do. Jesus was the perfect example of humility and 
he never once denied who he was. He knew he was the son of God and he wasn't afraid of it. And when people attacked that and when people wanted him to back down and feel ashamed about that, he refused. And so why? Well, actually, I know why. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. And this counterfeit to humility has been used by Satan to convince us to think so lowly of ourselves and to not step into the blessings that we're in, we're not just given, but we're entitled to as we live in a way that God has asked us to. And this is something that I still struggle with so often and especially lately over the past month or so my self-love and self-worth has really been attacked um, on all sides um, internally and it's not pleasant it does not feel like God I know what he feels like. I feel him every time I pray. I feel Jesus whenever I tell him that I'm ready to change and I ask him for help to do so. And when I reflect on the way that they love me and the way that they see me, that is that is God. That is good. That is the spirit. That is joy. That is love. That is all these things that come from them. But this feeling down on ourselves has nothing to do with them. It's it's not something that inspires change. Being able to change requires feeling empowered um, and recognizing things that we do wrong, but being willing to move forward because we know we can be better and knowing who we really are really allows us to repent But when we're beating ourselves up, we don't think repentance is fully possible. And it bleeds into our faith and our our ability to love other people. And I don't know. It's, It's tragic. It's so tragic that that is something that we are taught to be. That is... Not necessarily, it's not consciously being taught by anyone. I would never, I would never go to church and be like, hey, so this week we're going to talk about beating ourselves up because we're not good enough and we're never going to succeed. Like, that is the last thing I would ever say to anyone else, but somehow it's okay to say to myself. And again, that love thy neighbor is talked about so often, but the as thyself is never thought about. Um, I just wonder how different... Well, here's the thing. I know how different things can be when we punch Satan in the face and throw that mentality of to be humble and to really be worthy before God. I have to think that I'm a piece of garbage. I know what it's like to overcome that and it's beautiful and it's so much more fulfilling and I'm able to hear God better because I allow myself to be worthy of his love 
Um, I always am, of course. We always are um, worthy of love, especially from our Heavenly Father. But giving yourself permission to really feel it and to embrace it is entirely different. And it's entirely new it's liberating. You have to, like, receiving his love is an action word. Like, he can give it all day, but if you're not willing to actually receive and take it into your soul and let it fill you up because you're so blocked off, you don't think that you deserve these things, then you can't experience it. You know what? I actually might be incorrect there. Of course, God can He can break down any wall, get through any barrier, but it's so much more difficult for ourselves to experience that love as often as he wants us to. It's like, I mean, he's the God of the universe. He is our father. Like, he created us, and he's our, I mean, like, think of all the good things about that a dad could be on this earth and then like make that completely perfect and infinite. Like, are you kidding me? It radiates off of him and in everything that we experience. And it's just a matter of allowing ourselves to, to feel it and to believe that we deserve it because just the fact that we are his like I don't I don't ever spend enough time like really thinking about that but I was created by this God who loves so deeply that I don't know just letting that sit for a second is mind-boggling and I have like goosebumps (laughs) Uh, and as I, as I continue to really dive through, well, not dive through, but dive into and wade through this concept that, oh my gosh, like Heavenly Father wants me to believe that I'm enough. Like that's all he wants. And letting that turn into all I want is to continue to believe that I'm enough. And having that turn into I'm enough I feel enough it's it was so profound and I had these continuous breakthroughs of God sending me these reminders of how much he loved me he reminded me that if he like he's a God of creation and he doesn't mess up like if he I and I think we hear that I think like we've talked about or at least you've you've seen or heard somewhere, whether it's on the internet or in church or from a friend or as like a background on someone's phone screen, you know, that like God doesn't make mistakes and like God loves you and you're supposed to be here because he created you. But like it deepened into God literally could not fulfill the full extent of his plan without your existence and you're a critical part of that without you 
a part of his plan to get us all home and to help others feel joy and to grow and to be loved would be missing. Like not just he, it'd be trickier and he could make it work, but he literally could not fulfill his plan without the creation of you. Because if he could, you wouldn't be here. Like he doesn't waste anything, you know, he's this infinite God of, of not just mercy and love, but intelligence. Like he's smart. He's not going to just be like, oh yeah, I guess like with this little leftover piece over here, I'm going to form it and create this Ashley person, I guess. And she'll be fine. Like whatever. It's just kind of like an afterthought. No, absolutely not. Like his creation, his creation of every single person and, and thing was so intentional and so calculated. It, I don't, I, I said this before, but I don't, I don't let myself think about that enough. I have goosebumps everywhere (laughs) right now. And it feels so good because the way that I feel right now, I know that it's true. And he reminds me that it's true. And I need to remind me more often that it's true. Um, and that that humility, counterfeit garbage doesn't need to be any part of my life. Um, as I choose to be aware of my weaknesses, rather than setting myself at opposition with God by telling him all the things that are wrong with me and all the things that he did incorrectly when he made me I can I can throw that away and feel joy a complete joy that is is different and it's real I think The last thing that I have to say is that when we surrender and we stop this fight with ourselves and with God and we step into step into just potential but not only potential like reality this is so much more true than any weakness that we experience our our divine potential is infinite and unchanging our weaknesses are just a side effect of being here on earth for now that's not who we are who we are is infinite and eternal and we grow in all that we learn and do um and so I guess what this is leading to (laughs) is it's okay it's okay if you don't know how to love yourself or to feel true humility it's okay um it's okay if you don't know how it's okay if all you can do 
is want to maybe want to know how to step into that. That's what Jesus is for. Um, and as we ask him, and as we ask Heavenly Father to show us to want to, um, and eventually like ask them to show us how like they can't be held back from telling you all the things that they love about you. I've experienced it um, in the best times <laughs> of uh, my ability to to do these things. And again, it's it's something I'm still working on, but it's possible because I've been there before. And if you need a hug or if you need a friend or if you need a pep talk for someone that you can see, like I know like Jesus and Heavenly Father feel really far away sometimes, then let me know. And I would love to tell you why you're really great and why you're enough and why you can believe the things that you're taught God feels about you. Um, this didn't really go <laughs> how I expected, but I, I feel that everything that I've shared is true. Um, it has been in my experience and, um, I hope that I, like at the very least, I know that this was really telling for me and something that I needed to talk about and, and think about. Um, but I really hope that this is something that lifted you in some way or helped you to, to see yourself in a different way than you have before. Um, or maybe see God and see Jesus Christ in a way that you haven't before. Um, but yeah, that is, I think that's everything. <laughs> uh, this has been, from me, very, very <laughs> unfiltered. <laughs>